0: Welcome to Swimming Upstream, the 10-minute podcast about Catholicism, technology, culture, baseball, whatever else might come up. I'm your host, Eric Sammons. This is episode number 10. On today's show, I'm going to be discussing uh, Islam, specifically the relationship between Catholicism and Islam, what Catholics should think about Islam, and their similarities and differences. Uh, you can find the show notes for this episode at ericsammonscom slash podcast slash 10. I'm gonna have a link to an article I'm gonna be talking about, plus some other resources that hopefully can help you out. Okay, so of course Islam has been in the news a lot lately, of course uh, specifically related to Islamic radical radical Islamic uh terrorism, uh recent bombings and attacks in, in London and England. Uh, have really brought it to the forefront, as always. And, as always, different people have been giving different opinions. And in the Catholic Church, there is a wide variety of opinions among Catholics about Islam. On one side, you have somebody like Peter Kreeft, a very respected Catholic. I respect him a lot myself. He has a very tolerant view of Islam. He believes it has a lot to offer. It's very close to Catholicism in a lot of ways, and that we should work with uh, moderate Muslims uh, to overcome Islamic terrorism. On the other hand, on the other side, you have somebody like Robert Spencer who is also Catholic, in fact he's a Catholic deacon, he has a much more uh, direct approach and he believes that Islam itself, the religion itself, uh, has issues that lead to this terrorism, that terrorism is actually a part and parcel of Islam. Uh, but what I want to talk about is recently there was an article I saw on the internet uh, by Tom Hoops, and he titled it, Should Catholics Fear Islam? And in it, he basically gives uh, a very one one extreme view, a Catholic view of Islam, a very tolerant view. He specifically says, the truth is Catholics have two non-negotiable facts that make all opposition to Islam impossible. The first is the teaching of the Catholic Church. And he quotes a Catechism, which, states, which basically is quoting Lumen Gentium from uh, Vatican II, says, the plan of salvation also includes those who acknowledge the Creator in the first place among whom are the Muslims. These profess to hold the faith of Abraham, and together with us they adore the one merciful God, mankind's judge, on the last day. And he then says that statement comes from Lumen so this is council-level teaching. Whatever a Catholic can say about Islam, pronouncing it evil is not an option, according to Hoops. Now, I take some... uh, I disagree with that. I think if we really look at Islam, we can't be as uh, pie in the sky as hoops is. We have to recognize that much of the violence and attacks that come from Islam today are part of of the Islamic religion. And I, like to th- I have to look at a few things. First is we have to look at the sources of Islam. In In Catholicism, the sources... For Catholicism are, of course, the, the scriptures and tradition and the magisterium, which interprets the scriptures and tradition. And so really, what the, those, those sources are important to us. Uh, to a Protestant, it would be Bible alone, but to Catholics, we believe those are the important sources, both scripture and tradition, with the magisterium, the Catholic magisterium, the teaching authority of the Church, interpreting that. Now, most people think of Islam almost like Protestantism, that it has the Quran and that's it. That's the only real source of their beliefs. So, a lot of people will quote the Quran. And if you look at the Quran, you'll see that there are conflicting views about how a Muslim should treat Christians, should treat uh, non Muslims. Some suggest violence, others suggest tolerance. But the truth is that Islam, its source isn't solely the Quran, it also has other sources that are very important for f- uh, shaping the Muslim religion. For example, they have the Hadith, which are the different traditions, interpretations that have been compiled over the centuries about Muhammad, the founder of Islam, and about the Islamic religion. And that's a very important source of information. And then there's also the Sirah or the life of Muhammad. Now, the life of Muhammad, I think, is particularly important to look at. This was written about 100 years after Muhammad's uh, life, And it's the best source and it's the most authoritative for understanding Muhammad. Now, here's why I think that's very important. At its core, every religion basically tries to mimic its founder. It wants its followers to be like its founder. So, for example, Christianity, it calls people to be like Jesus Christ. Islam calls people to be like Muhammad. And so if we really want to see the core of Christianity, we should look to Jesus Christ. How did he live? What did he teach? That's the core of Christianity. Likewise with Islam. The core of Islam is Muhammad. He is considered the perfect man by Muslims, and therefore he is somebody to be emulated and somebody to be, excuse me, somebody whose views and his lifestyle and his actions are something that we should look to and admire, and we should model our own lives after that. So looking at the life of Muhammad as is found in the in the life of Muhammad, the book, the Sirah, which, by the way, the Quran doesn't really have such a comprehensive life of Muhammad in it, like this the, the sirah does. And so we have to look at Muhammad as this model. And although Islam Muslims do not consider Muhammad divine like Christians consider Jesus Christ, they do think his actions are basis for. The actions of all Muslims. Some Muslims would even consider him sinless, and so really, we should a Muslim would say, "What would Muhammad do?" is kind of a Muslim way of looking at how they should live their life. Now, of course, one thing we have to do we take into consideration some cultural views of his time and recognize that he lived in a certain time. He was, you know, late sixth century, early seventh century. He was in modern day Saudi Arabia, which was mostly polytheistic at the time. There were some Jewish communities. there were some Christian communities uh, in his area as well, but they were heretical, schismatic uh, ones, and that kind of tainted his view of Christianity itself. And if you look at his influences, he's clearly influenced by Judaism and Christianity. Now, I'm not going to go into a whole uh, life of Muhammad here. Read the book. I'll, I'll link to the, uh, you can buy it at Amazon. It's a very long book, but it's very instructive. But basically, what we find is, after Muhammad has his views, his early days as a prophet, he, he is persecuted by people because he's this small, he's the leader of a small persecuted sect. And so, most of his teachings are very peaceful, very uh, tolerant of others. And that makes sense because he wanted to be tolerated because he was being persecuted. However, over time, as he begins to gain more followers and therefore more power, we see that he starts to have a more militaristic view of how things should be. And he commands his followers to be more violent towards those who do not accept Islam. And in fact, he leads people into battle, and he even leads people into battles in which, for example, they massacre a Jewish tribe, in which they behead hundreds of people. And so we see this very clear evolution in his life from a somewhat peaceful, tolerant leader, prophet of, his, of a small group, to much more into a warlord. Frankly, it, he was a warlord. And this is very different from Jesus. And by the way, you can see this evolution in the Quran because people have determined when different Quran verses were written, the earlier ones and later ones. It's the earlier ones which are more tolerant, and it's the later ones which are much more militaristic, much more violent. We see, though, the big difference between Muhammad and Jesus. If you look at Muhammad, violence, force, they're a part of his life. He uses these tools of violence and force to enforce his will upon others, to enforce his religion upon others, and that's a very normal thing for him. However, Jesus Christ, he was humble. He he allowed violence to happen to him without fighting back. Of course, there's a scene where Peter takes his sword and cuts off the, the ear of one of the, the Roman centurions who were coming to arrest Jesus, and Jesus tells him to put the sword away. Those who live by the sword will die by the sword. So you see a fundamental difference between Muhammad and Jesus. Okay, I'm running out of time because I really want to have 10-minute podcast. I, this is going to be part one of this podcast. In the next podcast, I'm going to talk more about the specific similarities and differences between Catholicism and Islam and how Catholics should view Islam. Okay, that's it for today's episode. Until next time, when I talk about uh, Islam again and Catholicism, keep swimming against the stream.